0: This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you and good morning. Too kind. Welcome, everybody, to our show for today. It is Thursday. In a few hours, we'll get the pre-kin started And when the weekend gets here, it's going to be a bonus weekend, three-day weekend with Memorial Day on Monday. And uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, could use a few days of rest and relaxation and uh, time with the family or out on the grill and having a good time and welcoming summer and everything else that goes on with uh, Memorial Day. Thanks for joining us. We've got a lot coming up on the show today and we're going to go over that here in just a few minutes. Let me give you a look at our El Paso weather brought to you by Wet and Wild Water World. Got all sunshine. There's no rain in the forecast through the entire weekend including Memorial Day. Uh, Just looking at sunny skies. Sunny today 97 for the high temperature. Tomorrow and Saturday when we're looking for it to get up over 100. So we got 102 as the high on Friday and 101 for Saturday for Sunday uh, mostly sunny and this this is going to be a windy day so we're going to have windy afternoon on Sunday 96 for the high temperature on Sunday how about Memorial Day winds are going to be about 10 to 15 miles an hour it's going to be sunny and for Memorial Day mid 90s, 95 for the high temperature El Paso weather brought to you by Wet n' Wild Water World. Right now, Wet and Wild season passes are on sale for just $59.99. You can get those at all any Area Circle K store or online at wetwild.com. That's wetwild.com. Looking for the uh, perfect place to entertain the family this summer? Wet n' Wild is the best place for any celebration. All right, Nico, what do we have uh, topping the news today, or what do you want to preview as far as the news goes? Good morning, Nico Ajimian. Good morning, buddy. Did you see our very own Mr. Beto O'Rourke
2: yeah, in the
3: news
1: lately? Yeah, Beto O'Rourke went to uh, Uvalde where Governor Abbott and uh, other officials were giving a talk, and uh, he he got up and you know told the governor that he was responsible for this and that this was predictable and preventable and... He was escorted away, and as he was being escorted away, the mayor of Uvalde, uh, I believe the verbiage he used was he called Beto a sick son of a bitch.
4: Oh, my God, yes.
1: Oh, my God.
4: You can read all about that at KLEQ.com. All right. I have the video
1: We've up. it. have got you updated at Oh, uh, Did you com. write an article?
4: Yeah, with subtitles.
1: Nice. <laughs> because yeah, he goes
4: on and continues to get in on Beto. Ugh. I don't think the mayor of Uvalde likes that though.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. And uh Abbott called it a cheap political stunt, but I gotta tell you, the whole that whole press conference was basically run and cover for the gun lobby. Yeah. You know, the, the governor's press conference. And I know you know that they, they gotta do it and I know the people there locally, you know, were 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 hurting very much, but basically it was like, well, we gotta deal with this problem, but Let's come up with ideas, but nothing that is going to piss off the NRA or the gun lobby until Beto got up and said that. So to say, you know Beto was making it, make it a political stunt. There might be some truth to that, but I think the entire you know press conference was, was a political, political stunt stuff. running uh, running cover for the gun lobby. Uh, but we're going to have that coming up in today in sound clips uh, on the way a little bit later. Joanna Entertainment News, what do we have coming up as far as entertainment goes today?
4: In the race of who can get the longest standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, we have a new front runner. Elvis got a 10-minute standing ovation.
1: This is a Baz Luhrmann, so if you liked uh Moulin Rouge Moulin that was a, bond, you know, that was Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio was, what was his.
5: That that? Yeah. Great Gatsby. Did,
1: yeah. It. Yeah, all right. Uh so that's going to be coming out soon Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. Austin Butler plays uh, Elvis in this one. Who the Curl hell is Parker?
4: there, like, just timing the whole thing?
1: Like, uh, they, this one is eight minutes.
3: Did you see they stood up for eight for this one?
1: No, it was ten. Oh,
3: did it you see this for this one? 10. Oh,
1: no, no. For this one, they threw up? Oh, yeah. Somebody started... through. St- here we go. The applause is underway.
4: And it begins. Have you ever clapped for more than, like, 30 seconds?
1: If you're it in a hurts. movie theater ten minutes after the movie and you're still standing up applauding... Anywhere other than can, people are going to think you're an idiot. They might even call the police. <laughs> hey, we got this weird guy who's still applauding. The movie ten minutes ago. He's still <laughs> giving it a standing ovation. Um, all right, so we'll have that uh, coming up. And they're making a uh, new Winnie the Pooh <laughs> that I just want to tell you a little bit about. It's called Winnie Blood and Honey, and it's a horror treatment of Winnie the Great Pooh. Great title. And you might be thinking, how is Disney letting them get away with it? Okay, well, first of all, it's not a Mm -hmm. Disney movie. It's a horror take on Winnie the Pooh. How would Disney let them do this? Uh, It just so happens that the character Winnie the Pooh entered public domain. Oh, okay. So how you could do a movie version of of anything, uh, you know, like Greek myths or... Right. Eventually, stuff goes into the public domain, and uh, anybody make anything about it. So I'm kind of excited to hear what the horror treatment <laughs> for. I mean, all I can picture is. Please
4: tell me the title again.
1: Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Love it. I guess it was pretty horrific when Winnie got stuck <laughs> in, in <laughs> rabbit's rabbit's hole. I mean, the Huffle Lump might have scared people when they were six, and uh, Tigger you know it can be pretty scary sometimes kind of bouncing just all bouncing over the place. right at <laughs> you uh, so we got that coming up as far as entertainment goes today tonight morning show is going to be out making a rare appearance together <laughs> at Cool Canyon Nights at McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater as Westar presents the summer concert series every Thursday at McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater it's free to attend and music starts at 6 o'clock on the patio stage our patio prefer. Performer is our co-worker and fellow on-air personality, Ray Adiola. So we're going to be there. We're going to introduce Ray. Uh, Then about an hour later at 7 o'clock, it's Prime 80s on the amphitheater stage. We're also going to introduce Prime 80s. The concerts are free to attend all summer long. But remember, space is limited, so get there early. You can find the entire series lineup for cool Canyon nights on the must-read bar of KLAQ.com. You can also... Find out everybody who's playing on the KLAQ mobile app. Cool Canyon Nights at the Canyon Amphitheater brought to you by WestStar, Also, White Claw, Comfort Zone, Heating and Cooling, ROI, Home Remodeling, Superior Sign and Lighting, and Johnson's Jewelers are also some of our sponsors, so come out. And join us tonight at McKelligan Canyon. Woo! And then make, make that your summertime plans for Thursday night. Come out for a free concert. Food trucks, uh, beer specials. Joanna's going to dress up like she's from the 80s. Joanna says she's going to dress up <laughs> like yep. she's from the 80s. No,
4: she's not.
1: Uh, so all that is happening uh, tonight. We're going to hear this uh, audio from uh, Governor Abbott speaking. He was... Interrupted by Beto O'Rourke, who showed up and began shouting at the stage, (laughs) and
4: and, MSNBC was like, "You know what? (laughs) Screw that thing that's going on inside. Everyone follow Beto." Uh,
1: Oh, they
3: just followed him outside,
1: (laughs) like because he got kicked out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do Do you think that's a good, just purely from a political Political standpoint, standpoint? That there's a race going on for governor, and Beto and Abbott are the two candidates. Was this a good strategic move by Beto? Yeah. Look, I mean, Beto. I'd, I would say it is not.
3: Beto is the representative from El Paso uh, that had a mass shooting of its own. So, if anything, he probably uh, knows some of the outrage, uh, you know, pretty personally. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think would time say will tell. That,
1: that for people who already support Beto, and for your people on the left side of the political spectrum who are go- in Texas, are going to go vote for Beto. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, it, definitely. It, it definitely appealed to them. But I think it, this was a wasted opportunity. I think in a moment like this, uh, there are a lot of people who normally vote Republican who are thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to I'm going to think about giving the other. side. So, you know, this gun violence has just gone too far and got to come up with something better than uh, we need to double lock the doors at all the schools. And but I think a lot of those voters would get turned off by what they would see as, you know, showing up at a, uh, you know, and what did it, what did Abbott call it a, a cheap political stunt? Mm-hmm. And Abbott ought to know about cheap political stunts. I mean, he shut down commercial traffic into Texas from Mexico just as a cheap political stunt. So there's a guy who really knows cheap political stunts. But I think if you're somebody who's maybe on the fence and thinking you know what i would normally vote for a republican but maybe i'm going to think about giving beto i i just think that he loses a lot of those people
4: i think i agree with you yeah
1: you you think you agree with me yeah because
4: my loving uncle yeah
1: i don't like that you know maybe i think you got to maintain the moral high ground and i think you're only convincing people that we're already going to vote for you anyway by this kind of thing and uh, you know, there's going to be time for debate, but I again, I think the 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 thing that Beto interrupted was pretty much a political stunt on its own. In that nobody said a word about making it so an 18 year old can't go out and buy an AR right on his 18th birthday. You know, it was a lot of uh, a lot of very friendly PR for the gun lobby is what I saw at the governor's conference. Minus, you know, Beto's interruption. Other than that, it was just pretty much a a PR rally for the police and the gun lobby.
4: Another cheap political stunt? What's that? The conference. Can Uh, we just talk about the star of that one? The mayor of Vivaldi?
1: The mayor of Vivaldi who called Beto a sick son of a bitch?
4: With his walker. Just to tell Betha, you sick son of a right. bitch. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think your political ends are achieved when the takeaway is the mayor uh, of the town, you know, who knew all these families, calling you a sick son of a B. I just don't think that that... He
4: also called him an a-hole.
1: Think, did he call him an a-hole yes. as well? Mm. All right. We're going to have sound clips coming up this morning. Uh, We got a lot of calls since yesterday, so we're going to get to some of these Uh, calls on the neckline. You can leave messages for us 24 hours a day by calling 844-805-NECK. That's 844-805-6325. You can call us directly into the show. Uh, You call directly at 910-4995. That's 910-4995. We'll put you in touch with us here in the studio.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show
1: Podcast. All right, we have another set of tickets to give away for the Chihuahuas game on Saturday. Everybody who wants in, we're also going to do a VIP drawing for two-night staycation for Memorial Day weekend at Hotel Indigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, we also have tickets to give away for the El Paso Sol In Limón Festival, which is this Saturday, 2 p.m. to midnight. So, Joanna, the game, you could walk over, you could do the festival if you won the Hotel Indigo tickets. Yep. Yeah. Go to the game. After the game, you could go back to the salt Lamon Festival. So, we've got some VIP tickets to give away. The event is billed as tacos, cerveza, and tequila. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, I was thinking we also have some general admission tickets, so we might give those away to some of our winners. But for the VIP, uh, let's just make it VIP. You're going to need stuff to do downtown, so... You're already down there for a staycation. We're going to throw in VIP tickets to the Sol E Limón Festival mm-hmm. happening this Saturday, 2 to midnight, downtown at Stanton in Maine. Over on our website, klaq.com, we have a lot of articles uh, about the uh, tragic shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Here's how to help hurting families in Uvalde right now is one of the articles. Joanna has Uvalde Mayer calls out Beto O'Rourke. Uh, we'll hear the audio from this coming up in a few minutes because I got a lot of uh, neckline calls.
3: Joanna, that, uh, that article you did right now about Beto, you must have been writing it right when it came out because that,
1: that happened like late yesterday, I think? Uh, around, around 11 o'clock yesterday, yeah. Paso time. Rockers discuss gun violence in wake of Texas school mass shooting and a lot of other articles that you could check out at com. So uh, a lot of our callers have opinions about Beto uh, interrupting a news conference that the governor was at. Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz was there. Patrick was there. The mayor of Uvalde is the one who called Beto a sick son of a bee. Here's former Texas rep and gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke interrupting a press conference uh, in Uvalde. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin can be heard scolding him and calling him a sick son of a bee. I can hear some of the people saying, let him speak. So I didn't think there was a whole lot of support for Beto inside the building where they were having this press conference, but... Joanna wrote the article. There were some mm-hmm. people who definitely wanted to hear what Beto had to right. say, but everybody up there on the stage and I'm seeing it called a political stunt, which yeah, maybe it is. It, it you know, there's an election going on and it's going to be Beto versus Greg Abbott, but the whole thing was kind of the press conference was kind of like pub, a PR for the gun lobby. Nobody up there was saying, "Hey, we okay, guys, it's really time to talk about Maybe doing something so an eighteen mm-hmm. year old can't go in on his eighteenth birthday. He doesn't even have a driver's license, but somehow he went in and bought an a r fifteen and two two rifles, one of which we know for for a fact he used in the shooting. You know what I mean?
4: yeah, w- it really part- seemed very
1: one sided, and it very much seemed like our purpose up here is to suggest anything that doesn't involve. Anything that might piss off the NRA,
4: right? Governor Abbott did point to mental illness as the core problem. Ted Cruz
1: said case. we have too many doors in schools. That's an absolute. Real that was thing a that quote Ted from, from- yeah. said. Yesterday. You know, it's interesting
3: that there's what you can clearly s- kind of see where people are at. Where one side is going to say it's the people. We need to really focus on the mental health aspect of it. Uh, there's other people who are going to say, no, it's the, I think it the guns. joint solution. it could be I a mean, joint solution. I I don't absolutely. think it's
1: one or the other, and I don't think it's 100% one thing and 0% the other or vice versa. I think there could be, how about this? Uh, ban the, the sale of assault style weapons, AR-15s, for people under the age of 25. And if you're thinking, well, that seems arbitrary. I'm kind of going with the old rent-a-car rules. You couldn't rent a car until you were 25 years old, right? And Even if you'd sh- had a driver's license since you were 16, you couldn't rent a car until nine years later because they decided you weren't responsible enough to have a rented car. Yeah, for well, do a do a three-year trial and see if these kind of shootings go down. Like if an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old, uh, the only exclusion being military service, I would be pretty hard to tell. You know, a 20-year-old. Right. In the army, well, you can't own a weapon. Yeah, I mean, that opens a whole other issue, but, you know, try that for three years and yeah, then see how it goes. Honestly, at the end of the three years, if it didn't have any effect at all, ditch that. The same uh, thing with mental health. Do some of these mental health things and see what effect it has. How about a panel, like a blue ribbon panel? of the smartest people who are going to analyze what the problem is. Oh, yeah, the CDC wanted to do that a few years ago, but GOP lawmakers shut them down, made it so the CDC couldn't study uh, mass shootings as a health issue. Here is uh, some of what Beto said outside after he, I don't know if this was after or before, but this was him talking to a more supportive group uh, outdoors. Using It sounds like a megaphone, but here's some more of Beto's. Uh, comments. All right, so we got uh, a lot of com- comments, uh, and a lot of them have to do with El Paso and Beto O'Rourke. So let's just dip into some of those and find out what people have called and left messages for.
6: I just wanted to say, hey, Beto, Beto O'Rourke. I like the way he just went up, went up to uh, what was the name Abbott in uh and told him. <laughs> I, I love that. That's it's like I was like, "All right, Beto," wow. because Abbott is like all he does is just the statements. He never, he never. Nobody asks him. Uh, well, they're not allowed to ask questions, I guess. Nobody does because he can't answer the questions. That's why. Then I'm glad Beto did that. So, yep, yeah, I'm proud of I'm proud of Beto, and definitely voting for him.
1: All right. So put that in the one in favor of Beto category.
6: Yeah. Hey, Buzz. What Beto did today was awesome. Someone, you know, everybody wants to call out the governor and all these elected officials. Enough with these uh, thoughts and prayers. We need action, you know? I mean, he called them out. And you know what the best part was about it? Uh, The governor was all quiet about it. He didn't have his advisors and everybody to just guide him through some script. Beto said it straight from his heart, and he was very passionate. This this topic about what's going on with these mass shootings and gun control, that we need to call out all these politicians that are just uh, pushing that agenda to the side and just giving the business as usual thoughts and prayers and then go back to normal, you know? I mean, I'm glad Beto did it.
1: All right, so that's two uh, Beto. Ah. If you're just joining us, Beto O'Rourke showed up in Uvalde where the governor and the lieutenant governor and Ted Cruz was there. And law enforcement were having a press conference where the theme seemed to be everything but guns is the problem. The one thing nobody's on that stage is criticizing is how an 18-year-old who didn't even have a driver's license went in and bought an AR-15 on his 18th birthday and then
6: used it in school shooting. Before the bodies are even cold. The left and Democrats, again, use this as a political springboard push for gun control or gun reformation, and it's no more on display than with disgusting Robert O'Rourke at uh, Governor Abbott's press conference. What a sick, sick man using this to push his name on the political theater. What a gross display. Uh,
1: Couldn't you say that the governor and all the other politicians who were up on the stage are, kind we're of using a tragedy. Thing. I mean, Beto's running for governor, but guess what? So is Greg Abbott. Part of your job as an elected official is you you do this sort of stuff, but I wonder if there weren't any parents who had any opinions that ran contrary to what was coming off of that stage, right. which was really you know kind of public relations for law enforcement, and they deserve credit, and but for also everybody. for the gun industry. Here is uh, Jacob, and this is a live call, so we're actually talking to Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Jacob. What's on your mind today?
7: Okay, so uh, I was listening to, to your show a little uh, a little while ago, and I noticed that comment you made in regards to, uh, I guess, people or to raise the limit to actually buy a firearm, like, for the age of 25 or 23. I actually totally agree with that because uh, – I am a veteran and I know the the do's and don'ts of weapon safety and whatnot
5: mm-hmm.
7: and um, like how yesterday there was another speaker or another caller he was talking about uh, the mindset of owning a weapon or the mindset into getting into a firefight and I totally agree with that you know like I it it's a mindset that that uh that you need to have when it comes to owning a weapon and i think most civilians don't understand that mindset that just they just think it's it's a toy but in the military right mindset- it's a
1: fun thing to take out in the desert and shoot and i look cool in some of my selfies with it but uh you know there's a responsibility i think a huge responsibility to carry around a weapon especially one that can hold 50 40 50 rounds of ammunition that's just comes with a lot of responsibility. And it seems like, especially in Texas, we don't want anybody to have any responsibility. And then when something like this happens, everybody throws their hands up and says, well, there's nothing we can do about it. But my uh, suggestion, though, Jacob, was not that extreme. I I said those AR-style weapons. So, you know, let's try that for three or five years and see if it has any effect on these kind of mass shootings. Because one of the things these mass shooters have in common is the age they're all young men and for the most part they're under the age of 25 correct this is a non-starter because the gun lobby would say that's how they take away your guns they do it a little bit so they just take away you know they raise the age that you can get a weapon and the next if you give them an inch they'll take a mile that i i you know we've had this discussion so many times, I already know how the arguments play out. All right, Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your uh, perspective. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, Buzz, what was the reasoning
3: that car uh, uh, rental companies wouldn't rent a car to somebody under the age of I 25? Mean, I
1: I'm not expert on the insurance industry, and I, I think that's not the policy for a lot of big uh, rental cars. Well, it's the, an older policy. It's yeah. an older policy. was just that uh, these 25-year-olds, especially dudes, are reckless? Well, no, specifically they had studies that showed brain development. Yeah, your brain development didn't reach the point where they weren't comfortable. It was their car, and they didn't want you to wreck it, so they didn't want to. I don't know if they ever had it by gender, but I got to think renting a car to an 18-year-old girl would be a lot safer than to an 18-year-old guy. Guys are just, especially young guys, are just more reckless and don't think about consequences.
3: I bet they do. I bet the insurance
1: is different. For women? Yeah. Again, I'm not an uh, expert on insurance, and it's interesting that we have, we're have we drawing a parallel between car rental and getting a gun, and we're saying, well, let's make it as hard to rent a car as it is to get an AR-15 and 400 rounds of ammunition.
6: Hey, Buzz, I just want to add on, too, with, uh, with the mayor of that town. I saw the interview, and... You know, the way how he was responding to the questions, it's like he was uh, trying not to say anything about gun control or anything like that. Like, he, he didn't even uh, want to acknowledge that. And then it's kind of weird now, like, the governor was all talking about uh, mental health and everything. And then he gives a report that there was no mental health, uh, um, how do you call it, um, warnings on the shooter's uh, background. So, I mean, it, it, it just seems like right away they run to that issue right away. And when the fact that this kid or the shooter, I'm not even going to call him a kid. Um,
1: I don't, I think he's a kid. He's 18 years old. I mean, to me, that still seems like a kid. Yeah, you but know, it,
3: it, it diminishes his responsibility if you say it like that.
1: Oh, like his youth was an excuse for what he did. Right. He's not responsible for his actions. He's just a kid. No, I'm not saying that.
6: You no, know, they didn't have no history of it. Um, the other thing I want to point out, too, is when Bethel went up there to uh, call out uh, the governor and put him on the hot seat, that same mayor, he stands up and starts yelling and, you know, making a fool out of himself without even listening. I mean, he's an elected official. It's like right away, if someone goes against the argument, they they right away, they just want to uh, shut up whoever it is.
1: You know, I, I just want to stop long enough to say millions of people saw that confrontation between Beto and, and the mayor of Uvalde and millions of Texans who are going to vote in November think that Beto was the one who was way out of line. How dare he go and, you know, be be such, you know, a a vulture on these grieving parents to go in and make your political points about gun control. There are millions of people, as much as this caller is saying the mayor was out of line or made a fool out of himself, there are millions of people who vote who think, oh, well, that's it. I'm not going to vote for this Beto. Even if I kind of do think there's a problem with gun laws, I'm not going to do it because I feel like he uh, acted like a jackass.
6: I mean... What, when is, when is it the right time to talk about this, uh, this topic, this issue, you know, enough is enough, you know, where, uh, we need to confront these and these issues now and not wait till tomorrow or whenever, you know, or make a platform for, uh, these gun lobbies just so, you know, all these, uh, elective officials that support these gun, gun lobby guys,
1: well, I—I I mean, we got to take a break, and I'll come back to the calls in a second. And I didn't mean to cut that caller off, but hopefully, there's going to be a debate. You know, I would love to see Beto and Abbott on a stage. I mean, that's normally what happens, but I don't know. Well, you that know, thing that Beto interrupted was not
3: a—it uh, uh, was not uh, the governor's campaign rally, right? He was not there for a com- I mean, campaign rally. Well, of, look, let's say in uh, fact, it no, no. Kind let's of say was.
1: officially. Officially, it was not a campaign event. Officially, it yeah. was the governor. But it of also Texas. wasn't a public forum. It wasn't. No, I don't think they were like, "Hey, people, come up and make public comments." No, but I, I think, think it was probably open to the public to come see, right? To see, but I don't think it was. They were inviting people up because I imagine in a town of 15,000 people, you would have some people that on an open microphone who would say something similar to what Beto said. Right. So, and you, know, and you saw him. He got booted out right away. So I don't think it was any kind of public forum. I mean, there was definitely a mood there that it's like, these are the talking points and we're all sticking with this and we're definitely not blaming the gun industry for any of this. Uh, we got a few calls uh, coming in. Let me get that number out again real quick. To the studio, 910-4995, 910 uh, I think Beto probably lost more voters than he gained. I think people that strongly agree with, with what Beto did yesterday, Nivaldi, were going to vote for him already. And I think some people that might have been coming around a little bit and thinking, well, let's give this guy a try, Might have just been turned off. You know, there there might
3: be libertarians that were like, I'm ready for gun control. And they're like, finally, Beto. Uh,
1: Libertarians for the most part, and I can tell you because I know a lot of libertarians uh, are not for gun control. Most of them are not. And a lot of older voters just see this as just really out of line. And I I mean, my, my gut feeling is that Beto lost votes as opposed to picking up votes. And I think... Beto would say, Well, I didn't go there, you know, to get votes, but that's got to be part of the math anyway, because the uh, election's coming up in a few months. All right, let's take a break and we'll get to some more calls. If you're on hold, I'll get to you first. We've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: A uh, Johan show note. The yes. El Paso Sol y Limon Festival, not this one. Corrections and Retractions.
4: Corrections. <laughs> you know what? funny, but also kind of effed up. What? I should have known better. I
1: did the commercials <laughs> for you did, it. That's your voice on the commercials? <laughs> saying that it's next weekend? Yes. <laughs> then I will give you the honor, milady.
4: It's next week. <laughs>
1: but we're still going to have chihuahuas tickets, and somebody's going to win a staycation for two yeah. nights at a hotel. Here that's right. Okay. It would be funny if you did that on purpose. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, vowing to myself that I'm not going to talk about this one huge story, but a lot of people do have opinions about Beto showing up at uh, Abbott's press conference yesterday, getting called a son of a bee by the mayor of Uvalde, and we got a lot of callers coming in, so I appreciate everybody who's uh, been waiting on hold. We've got uh, Ava. It says Ava's a teacher. Hello, Ava.
8: Hi, hey, good morning, Buzz.
1: Hello, how are you um, today?
8: And, I'm doing, you know what, not so good because of all the events that unfolded. Um, Do you know what,
1: I, before you go on with your story, I called on the yeah. way home from work, I called my daughter. You know, I knew she was maybe on her lunch break, but I, I don't know. You know, just I wanted to find out, did Did you go to school today? Is anything different? And I, I, she, And I, she said... Oh, it it took her a minute to catch on. Oh, yeah, I heard about that shooting, but there's nothing different in my school. And she goes to Coronado, so.
8: Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you know, I think, unfortunately, in this country, it's become kind of the norm. And kids are becoming desensitized to this. And it's just a sad, sad event when you have planning in the beginning of the school year as a teacher and you get told, you're going to need to have a volunteer student to help you maybe hold the door.
1: You're going to need to pick, like, the strongest kid, maybe, and their yeah. job is you
8: to. Yeah, you know, football players, them. the wrestlers, the jocks, maybe, you know, a couple of female wrestlers I have. You know, you have to appoint roles in those situations. How sad is that? Well, I've
1: heard a lot of sad things. There are some uh, communities that are offering, like, gun wound treatment classes for kids. It's like, well, we know this is going to happen, so we better teach them how to treat a gunshot wound.
8: Right. What's next? Bulletproof backpacks? Put all the responsibility on the kids.
1: They have bulletproof backpacks, and I think that a lot of people suggest those who don't want to put any of the blame on the gun industry. Well, of
8: course not. There's too much money to be made. I
1: saw something about bulletproof proof blankets that they could start using even in pre-K, which just sounds right. like, okay, there seems to be a big elephant in the room we're not addressing. When we're talking about bulletproof blankets and teaching teenagers how to do gun trauma
3: no, Battlefield
1: battle, medicine. Yeah, we're, right. we're kind of ignoring a big, big part of this issue. I feel like.
8: I agree 100, percent and I've heard a few callers say, "You know, arming teachers—that is not a solution. We are not in the military. We are not police officers. I have parents that don't even trust me to select books for
1: <laughs> <Right>. their children." <laughs> right. right. Yeah. How much do you trust teachers in Texas? You don't even trust the teacher to decide what the what the class plan right. is going to be or what books are going to be taught. Nice.
8: Much less have a firearm in my classroom. Right. How ridiculous is that solution? Ridiculous. You know, I have emails every day saying, why did they read this book? Why is this assignment being assigned? Imagine if I had a firearm in the classroom. And you know what? You might not get those
3: emails anymore.
8: Well, I'm sure I'll get more. You know what? And I am proud of Bethel for standing up for what's right. Whatever people may think it was political fair or a stunt. You know what? His sentiments are shared by thousands across Texas. We are fed up. We are tired of the same rhetoric that is spewed by these politicians. The same rhetoric. And yet, is Abbott going to be presenting himself at the NRA convention? He and is. you know what? They banned guns there. Give me a break. His pockets are lined with NRA money. Of course, that's where his he's going to be promoted. So well, as of
3: now, I, I, he says he, he, he doesn't know whether he will be attending.
1: So he's on well, the fence. Trump we, has confirmed he'll be there, so Trump's going to be there. The only person that I've heard who's okay. definitely backed out is singer-songwriter Don McClain, who was going to perform American Pie, and he says he's not going to do it now because of this. Oh, boy.
8: And I love that song. Yeah. Well, and another point is I have you know what? Why are we making these weapons of war easily accessible to these kids kids if you want to have an ar-15 go in the military why are you shooting holes in bambi anyway why do we need these high-powered machine weapons on the street
1: well i think this is the point where a lot of gun enthusiasts would would say well you anti-gun people don't even get it you know and then there's some kind but when we talk about like a weapon of war or uh you know you know what we're talking about, whether it's fully right. automatic or not. These aren't machine guns. These are semi-automatic right. guns. They shoot one bullet per It, it trigger. takes an entire one one-hundredth of a second longer to shoot that many bullets out right. of a non-machine gun. But
8: If you need that kind of gun, you're a lousy hunter, in my opinion.
1: Well, I and again, a lot of the gun enthusiasts would say, "Well, I don't necessarily have it for hunting. I have it to protect myself, and that includes right. well, from the government if I don't like the way the election went, or if I don't like the, that Eva's teaching a book that I disagree with." You know, um, I have
8: to get back to class. Yep, I understand. Thank you. Point, yes, Eva. I am proud of Beto O'Rourke, and if you are more outraged at his outburst, which I didn't even think it was an outburst, it was a confrontation. If you are more outraged at that. Then at government governor I'm sorry, excuse me, Governor Abbott in action, then you are part of the problem. If you are more outraged at that,
1: All right, Eva, thank you, and we'll let thank you back you, to class. Guys. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's talk to uh, Mike. Hello, Mike.: Hello,
9: good morning, everybody. Good
1: morning. Uh,
9: well, first of all, I'm a longtime listener since 1979, so I'm giving my age away here.
1: Oh, oh um, you're a lot older than you sound, Mike. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You've got a youthful voice.
9: Oh, thank you very much, sir. I, you should hear me in the morning. I sound like an old man when I wake up. <laughs> my, back
1: pain,
9: my knee pain, my neck pain. Oh, my, oh, my neck.
1: Oh, I slept <laughs> wrong. Are, yeah.
9: yeah, I'm, I'm a, there. Yeah, I, I sleep wrong. I sleep on 10 pillows. Anyway, um, uh, they stand with Betor. Uh He's maybe talking for a few. Uh, this is my opinion. He's not talking for me. Uh, he thinks he's talking for El Paso. He thinks he's talking for the state of Texas. And he thinks he's talking for the Hispanic community in El Paso. Uh, He's not. This is my opinion, of course. Uh, He was, I believe, he was just trying to make a point, which we all have the right to, uh, First Amendment. Uh, He was just trying to make a point uh, just to get himself, uh, uh, in my opinion, elected. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's tried to run for office here in El Paso. He was a lousy city councilman, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never voted for him uh he was running for president and of course he messed that up but i think with uh, what happened uh uh that's tragedy when those children and the, the teachers and the police officers are involved in it uh, uh he's making a point to where he wants to tell everybody that look at me i'm the one that's going to solve the gun problem uh the gun problem is going to be for us forever i don't think it's going to be solved
1: so we just give up Mike, I just want to ask you, we just give up. There's nothing we can do about it. So we have to almost like a child sacrifice every few months. We've got to sacrifice children no. to the gods of the NRA.
9: No, no. Gods in the NRA. They've got politicians in their pocketbook. That's all I got to say about that
1: part. Yeah, but if we can't do anything about it, why, don't, why do we even report it? You know, it's almost going to get to the point. I don't know if you watch South Park, but they had a, a season where it was like every day there were just guns going off in the school, and nobody even paid attention to it anymore. They were trying to make a point, and that seems like that—that's where this kind of mindset leads us. Is it's like, well, we can't do anything about it, so who cares? Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, let's just forget about it now, and that it'll happen again. It's going to continue to happen.
1: I mean, No, go- well, I'm—I'm making the point that I disagree with that sentiment, Mike. I think we need to push back against that. We could do something about this. Yeah, we could do stuff. Uh, yeah, we can. but All that right. what listen it's not going to get done on the far right and it's not going to get done on the far left as exactly. the history of this country shows it's going to be done in the middle and it's going to be done with compromise and it's going to be done with listening to the other side. Yes. Stuff doesn't get I accomplished agree. on the extreme fringes it gets accomplished in the middle. Uh, Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the call. It was good talk to you. Thank you, sir. You guys have a good morning. Mm -hmm. You have a good one, too. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show ahead right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. Pumping Ink Tattoo is at the corner of Dyer and Monroe. Just moments from Fort Bliss. You can find them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. Let's get a look at El Paso weather. We've got the uh, three day weekend, the holiday Memorial Day weekend coming up, and, you know, really the pre kin, which we've started defining as Thursday at noon, is just a few hours away. Yeah.
3: Uh It's the freaking pre kin.
1: Let's get a look at weather (laughs) brought to you by Wet n Wild Water World. Sunny today, 97, so we're going to get up near 100 today. We're. The forecast says tomorrow is going to be 102, so that's going to be a scorcher. And we're still like almost a month away from summer. Do you realize that? This is springtime. 102 for the high temperature. Don't have to worry about rain in the El Paso forecast. There is no rain in the El Paso forecast. Uh, But look for those high temperatures, 101 on Saturday. Sunday and Monday back to the mid 90s, but still going to be pretty uh, warm. Also, look for some high winds uh, late Saturday and late Sunday. Uh, but it is definitely going to be warm enough to, you know, get out there wet and wild. I know people have started, uh, you know, using their pools because it's gotten, uh, and, and the city pools are opening up, so some of them had already been open, but a lot of the water attractions are open, but Wet and Wild Water World, if you're looking for the perfect place to entertain the family this summer, it's going to be a hot one. Wet and Wild is the best place to cool off for any celebration. Relax under all the shade trees, bring your own food, throw on a barbecue grill, and enjoy all the great water rides with the entire family. Wet and Wild season passes are on sale now at any area Circle K and online at wetwild.com, and the season passes, only 59 59- 99 wet and wild water world i've got uh, an event that i'm going to be at this weekend tunes mm-hmm. at the dunes on sunday you at an event i'm going to be You're at a coming lot out of your hole let me tell i maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> just for a little bit i'm i'm kind of like the groundhog <laughs> not very often maybe once too. a year <laughs> there's six more weeks of summer guys <laughs> tunes at the dunes at the pavilion it's a free event and uh it goes on sunday 4 p.m to 10 p.m there's going to be music from dj vampiro yeah drive broken yeah. dime and redemption music beer food and more at tunes at the dunes and don't forget, you can call Painted Dunes to set up all your tea times, 821 You can set up tea times and get more information about using their facilities. Great for party, quinceañera, wedding, uh, get-togethers, weddings at the pavilion. That's painteddunes.com, painteddunes.com.
3: Now, isn't this event just right up your alley? It's on the weekend, so you don't have to worry about going to work, waking up early.
1: Well, wait, get Memorial Day off. You get Memorial Day off. I yeah. had Memorial Day off for like thirty years because of freaking balloon Festival. <laughs> 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 so I guess that's that's nice. Um, here's a call. It, 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 I'm I'm kind of torn here because I know that this story needs to be talked more about, but I don't I don't want to make the show wall to wall four hours of. Grievances, but and I'm I don't know. Like, when we talk about what do you think about what Abbott said? What do you think about what Beto said? Do we accomplish anything? But then I think this show is one of the few places other than social media, which is just the worst, that people can have these kind of conversations. Yeah, you know, and maybe somebody is convinced by something a caller says or by something. Or just I knowing see. that somebody feels a different way. Or, yeah, or, or just knowing that here's how people feel that might be different or the same as you.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning to everybody. I uh, just wanted to call really quick about the whole uh, gun control and the Uvalde thing. Um, I don't think this is a subject that should just be, you know, a subject of topic for a little bit. This is definitely something that needs to be talked about constantly and constantly. Um, you know, and, and instead of getting tired of hearing about it, it should be uh, getting tired of of not doing anything about it. And, uh, you know, I I think it's one of those things where these guys aren't going to do much until it's one of their own that, you know, passes away from gun violence, and then all of a sudden they want to jump on top of it and want to bring everybody down with it.
1: Uh, I'm just going to interject. Like, one of the parents from Parkland whose daughter died... They bring on Fox News, and you would think, oh, okay, well, you know, my my child died in one of these mass shootings, mm-hmm. and he's on with the whole side of you know pro guns. The gun industry isn't to blame, you know. So you would think, yeah, if a parent lost a kid in a mass shooting, they would be so angry. It's oh, going to get them. To do it something. would motivate them to do something, but you know, I don't I don't think that's the case. You heard the Marin Evaldi I think the crowd was on his side when he told Beto that he was a sick son of a bitch for bringing up gun control at the governor's press conference
2: yesterday. Um, You know, it it really is sad that instead of, you know, simply saying this is what the problem is, let's solve it together instead of pointing fingers and seeing who's going to take blame for what, it should be a unified deal. Uh, We should all sit down and and talk about a median that we can all come to where there's a a matter of peace and not violence with it. I mean, you look at these other countries where it's virtually impossible to get a gun unless you absolutely need one. You know, you you look at countries like Japan or China or, or, you know, anywhere where, uh, you know, for an example, I believe it's in Japan where you have to get interviewed by the actual police and have to give a legitimate excuse of why you need a gun and you still have to get a background check twice in order to get cleared.
1: The response to that would be, and I'll go ahead and make it, well, they don't have the Second Amendment in Japan. I mean, that is the response to that point.
3: So the only country with the Second Amendment is the only country with mass school shootings? Uh,
1: I don't think any country has what they call a Second Amendment. I mean, most of the most of the civilized Western, what you think of as the civilized world. I don't think any other country has
3: a part of their constitution. That says
1: you are guaranteed the right to own a gun. I don't know about that. I don't know, but I do know that we're the one country where this particular curse seems to stick with us and it happens over and over and over You mean school shootings? School shootings. Yeah, it doesn't happen in Japan or... The UK. I'm going to go with Ted Cruz and say it's because schools have too many doors. What do you mean when you say that? Ted Cruz said, one of his comments yesterday was, there were 30 different doors in the school. Ted Cruz's contribution was, we need to have fewer doors in schools. Well, if you take away doors, if you outlaw doors, soon only outlaws will have doors. Only three
3: countries. Protect the right to bear arms. What are they? Mexico, Guatemala, and the United States.
1: My girlfriend's from Mexico, you know. Uh And she says, yeah, we have violence. Yeah. We have a lot of gun violence, but nobody goes into a school and just shoots up kids. And they definitely have guns over there. Uh, We
3: should not compare Mexico's narco-violence and our school's I mean, yeah, I guess they don't I thought have, she brought
1: up a critical They don't point. have school they shootings. They have narco-violence. They have murders in the street. They have, you know, during the worst years of the 2000s, they had beheadings and stuff. But No they school don't, shootings. Yeah, I don't think... You don't hear about it. Yeah. I don't think it happens. You have all kinds of gun violence in Mexico, but not this. Hey, uh, so, Nico, I wanted to ask you a question. Is somebody with... Uh, medical training, somebody who uh, was all but a doctor. Like he was one credit short of being an MD. Did you know that about Nico? Who are you talking to? Joanna. <laughs> Me,
4: the general audience. Yeah, he just had one
1: one credit to go. <laughs> one credit and he got bit by the yeah. comedy bug. No, not even. Oh, no, well, what, well, What's going an, on? There's an emergency room nurse uh, who's getting popular on TikTok and th- this guy says the one thing you should always do if you go to the emergency room that so many people don't do, but it is the most key thing that you could do. Wear deodorant. We, okay. I think a lot of people who are in <laughs> okay. uh, an emergency room probably don't think about that. Yeah, probably don't think about wearing deodorant. Yeah. What
3: else do you do? You suggest? Uh, always wear underwear if you want people to, you know, uh, not see your, your, your bits. Uh, At like one a-
4: point, I think you have to see the bits, though.
1: Uh, you, in an emergency room? Sometimes you, I don't know. I've been in an emergency room. They didn't have to Well,
3: I mean, orders. we might need to like ask you for your pants, but you can keep your underwear on. And you just
1: put a gown. <laughs> They're like, I don't have gown I don't you're, have any. Can uh, I just tell you, you're on the wrong track. You're not hitting what this guy says okay. is the most important thing to do in an emergency room situation.
3: Okay. If you're coming to the ER, be honest with us. We can only diagnose and treat you as accurately as the story you're telling us. I think a lot of people have this idea of going to the ER and we're just going to run a bunch of tests and do CTs and x-rays and everything, and we'll just find out what's wrong with you and you don't actually have to tell us the truth. And the reality is that's where we get the vast majority of our information about your problem. If you've done some drugs or eaten some plants or something, just tell me. I'm not the cops. Yeah, that's that's
1: a good point. Does that happen a lot? Like people go in and... They've ingested something, but they're unwilling to admit to the medical personnel, you know, I did a bunch of cocaine or I took a bunch of molly and washed it down with uh, NyQuil or whatever.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, people are, are uh, coming to the ER for all kinds of different reasons. And uh, a lot of times we'll ask you, have you had anything to drink? Have, do you do any drugs? Uh, do you smoke anything? And people, some people feel like they need to... They feel ashamed. They, yeah, they, they don't want to answer truthful, right. or they feel like they might get in trouble.
1: Now, this this nurse said, "I'm not the cops, but aren't there some things that medical personnel do have to, are are required to report to the police?" There are a couple,
3: but for example, like I remember a patient who was 21 years old and he came in for a code heart. He had a STEMI, which is a ST elevated heart attack, and uh, we were like, okay. How much cocaine did you Because you're do? 21. You're 21. You don't have a history of... I mean, that's not typical. How to have much this.
1: cocaine did How much cocaine? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what cocaine okay. is. Meantime, his, his mouth and face looks like he just shoved his bag in yeah. a bag of powdered dollars. He looked Madison like he hung gems. out with Cocaine Bear. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then those are the
3: things where we know, okay, obviously this is...
1: You can tell... The emergency room personnel that you did drugs and they are. They will will not not call the police. They are not
3: there to knock you out. They're there to help you. What would they knock you out about? Okay, there are some things that the police, I mean, that the medical staff have to report. Uh, If they suspect any uh, abuse um, of of somebody, they have to report that. Uh, If they suspect that your injuries were. Obtaining
1: the commission of a crime, they usually have to. Okay, do that. When that. Hold on a second. Now, now you're muddy in the waters because ingesting cocaine would have been a crime. No, no, your
3: injuries specifically. I'm talking about gunshot wounds. Okay, so if you have a gunshot wound, if you have a gunshot wound, they're gonna they're, they're gonna afford it. Yeah, that's gonna,
1: why you've always got to have like a Breaking Bad style <laughs> crooked veterinarian, like an, yeah, <laughs> like an alley doctor. Yeah, like an alley doctor, somebody who's coming in. It's like I normally only do this on horses and sheep. But hop on up here. I mean, if you're willing to pay in cash, uh, so they will report a gunshot. How about a stab re-
3: wound? Yeah, the other thing is stab wounds. People will come in, and they'll you know, have a clearly defined stab wound, and they'll say, ah, it's glass. I fell on some glass. Because they know if they report it as a stab wound, it will. The cops are going to have to get it. will be reported. But other than that, yeah, please just tell them the truth. They're not
1: there to hurt. Their, they're just there to help. Well, monkeypox is still simmering, I feel like, on the back-back back burner, but... uh, Still got the monkeypox. Google Trends revealed the top things that people in the U.S. are Googling about monkeypox. Would you like to hear some of them? Number one, what is (laughs) monkeypox? Well, that makes Uh, sense. Yeah,
4: that was mine. Sorry.
1: It's related to smallpox, (laughs) which was eradicated worldwide in 1980 thanks to anybody? Vaccines!
3: Yeah! Yeah.
1: Amazingly, it was vaccines that eradicated smallpox. But in general, monkey pox is less serious than smallpox. Right. I mean, chicken uh, pox is also
3: similar to smallpox. They're, they're all related. I Any mean, pox. You know, disease. I got
1: chicken pox when I was a kid, but I had actually seen a chicken at that point. I'd never even seen a monkey in person. So. <laughs> you don't get, <laughs> you don't get, get chi- them from
3: chickens? No, you don't. Not not that I know of. But you do get the monkey pox from potential interactions with monkeys.
1: Is monkey pox contagious? Yes. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. But it's not... uh, Much
3: less contagious than COVID. It's way less. People are freaking out about it. One, because it's smallpox related. And you never want to hear about smallpox resurging uh, because we've eradicated it. But at the same time, it's only like 30 cases here and there, 40 cases. When you think about a world full of 7 billion people and you don't see the kind of rising infectivity rates like we had with COVID, I don't think it's going to be as big as a concern to a lot of people.
1: third most Googled query is how is monkeypox transmitted? I think it's droplets or Mainly spread through close contact with people and animals that are infected. It can enter through a cut, or you can get it from coughs and sneezes. So the droplets is uh, correct. But they think it's mainly being spread through sex right now, which brings up uh, in was it Belgium or Germany? They said they they traced it. Spain. Spain to a bathhouse. To a men's Bathhouse. Yeah, I don't well, know if we have to, de- dis, you know, describe that anymore for people. What does monkeypox look like? They say kind of like chickenpox, but before that happens, early symptoms include fever, headache, muscle aches, and exhaustion.
3: You know, I, I think the reporting on this has been a little bit bad because all of the photos I see on the, on the articles with headlines for it have pictures of people with smallpox. Like, you know, the giant boils and, like, all over their body. So
1: it's smaller, like a chicken pox.
3: Yeah, it's not that. It's not smallpox. So people shouldn't think that it's, like, with the giant boils and all over your, your did body. Did kids
1: in your generation, you and Joanna, you guys are in your 30s, did you even have get chicken pox? Chicken? Yeah. You got chicken pox? Well, did you get measles? I didn't get chicken pox, no. Did you get the vaccine? Though? I got the vaccine. Yeah, so either one. Oh, when I was a kid, it was just a matter of time. You were just, like... Yeah, every kid gets chicken pox, every kid gets measles. So that's how old I am. And then you never saw your best did friend have, Freddie anymore.
4: Did they have chicken pox parties?
1: No, but I know that it was not a big deal. Like, your parents to- and your teachers totally expected you to get chick I got them in third grade. Had to miss, like, five days of school, which was awesome.
5: Did, Did you, get you the but it, it, it Huh?
1: Were you itchy? Oh, it's so itchy and, yeah, yeah. you know, you're a kid, so that's... Like, how uh-huh. do you keep from... Don't scratch it. Right. I think my mom took the week off work when I had chicken pox just to remind me not to scratch, because uh, is monkey pox deadly is a big question. I think it's it can be, but very mild. It's usually mild. Yeah. But it can be deadly. The fatality rate... Is between three and six percent, but that's mainly in Africa, where healthcare is not necessarily great by Western standards. And as usual, it's more serious with people who have compromised immune systems. So that's uh, some of the questions that people are googling about monkeypox. Monkey
0: mm-hmm. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast,
1: and here is Nico Ajimian with today's top stories. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz.
3: Russia is about to make it difficult for Western companies to exit that country. A new law in Russia would allow the country to take control of Western businesses that decide to leave because of the war in Ukraine.
1: So it's like, oh, uh, we run Starbucks now. <laughs> yeah,
3: basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. The law would give Russia broad powers to intervene when there's a threat to local economies and to seize the property of foreign investors. It would also pave the way for Russia to appoint administrators over companies from countries deemed unfriendly. The new law could take effect within weeks. Companies tied up in the law could stand to rack up large financial losses. The Russian economy has been rocked by high inflation and recession because of the Ukrainian invasion.
1: But we still want our
5: latte.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've not had Big Mac in eight weeks.
3: Uh, are there any businesses you could think that'd be better off in Russian hands? That the Russians would
1: would run better? Yeah. Um, Ice hockey, <laughs> poison. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not, not military hardware. Right. You know they're having real trouble with their tanks. Yeah. An investigative report released Wednesday
3: blamed British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and other senior leaders for allowing boozy government parties that broke the UK's COVID-19 lockdown rules. And while Johnson said he took full responsibility for the breaches, he insisted he would not resign.
1: I take That f- man's hair looks like boozy parties personified.
3: Right, it's the that's poster child for boozy parties. Look for
1: boozy parties,
3: right? I think he purposely messes it up like that. I don't know if that's natural. I take full responsibility for everything that took place on my watch. Johnson said Sue Gray's report has emphasized that it is up to the political leadership in number ten Downing Street to take that ultimate responsibility. Johnson maintains that he did not knowingly break any rules. Gray investigated 16 gatherings attended by Johnson and his staff while UK residents were barred from socializing or even visiting sick and dying relatives because of coronavirus restrictions.
1: Yeah, people are going to be ticked off. Like, I can't go to the hospital. But you guys get to... My mom's about to die, but you guys are having a boozy party. Right. Gray's report
3: concluded that senior leadership team must bear responsibility for a rule-breaking culture. She said that there had been failures of leadership and judgment in the prime minister's 10 Downing Street office. The wife of WNBA star Brittany Griner says President Biden is the one person who can go get her from her detainment in Russia. Sherelle Griner told Good Morning America, Biden has the power, so why is he not using it? Brittany Griner is a center for the Phoenix Mercury. She was detained at a Russian airport after authorities found vape cartridges filled with hashish oil. The Biden administration has previously said Greiner is being wrongfully detained. Griner's wife called her the glue to our family and said she's literally the kindest, sweetest person you will ever meet.
1: Well, I think one of the things they were talking, they'd have to swap an actual arms trader that they based that Nicolas Cage movie on. Got What was it? Face-off? Of, no. <laughs> Lord of War? <laughs> was there Lord of War? Was there a movie with Nicolas Cage yeah. called, yeah, Lord of War was based on the guy That they think, okay, Russia would swap if we let this guy
3: go. Oh, interesting. Well, essentially she is a political prisoner at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. I think she's totally, you know, we need to, I don't know about that swap necessarily, but, you know, I hope that the administration is doing everything they can to get Brittany Griner a, a few vape cartridges. I know,
3: right? Come on. Former Representative Beto O'Rourke interrupted a press conference from Texas Governor Greg Abbott about the Ovalde shooting Wednesday, shouting at the current governor before being escorted from the auditorium. O'Rourke said the response from Abbott and other leaders was totally predictable and did nothing to solve the problem of easy access to guns that is plaguing communities across Texas and the nation. Well, I think
1: even more to the point, he said the, the shooting is predictable and their response to the shooting is predictable. Uh, do you want to hear a little bit of uh, his interruption? Let's hear. So the guy who yelled, "You're a sick son of a expletive," was the mayor of Uvalde, right? Um, what did bet What did uh, Ted Cruz tell? Tell Beto? Joanna wrote an article, so she kind of like really analyzed the audio.
4: I watched the video yeah, watched many the video. times. Uh, somewhere in there, you can hear Ted Cruz yelling, "Sit down." Dan Patrick added, "You're out of line and an embarrassment." But nothing really from Greg Abbott.
3: Right. Abbott ordered law enforcement officers to escort O'Rourke, who won his Democratic primary for governor on Tuesday, outside the building.
1: Well, as much as as you could say that this was uh, a a political, you know, a stunt uh, used... Nobody on that stage. It didn't sound like anybody was allowed to say anything critical of the gun industry or the availability of guns. It sounded like there was a stage full of people who definitely had political talking points because I didn't hear anybody up there saying we need to do something about the availability of guns for 18-year-olds. It was an opportunity to it, have a much larger discussion well, about things. Yeah, but it was a press conference. I mean, it right. wasn't a debate. Right. It wasn't an open forum. But at the same time, you know, it kind of was. You know, I, right. I wonder if one of the police officers or one of the, you know, any of the people, there were a couple dozen people on stage. If a single one of them had said, guys, it's time to start talking about restricting access to guns for people his age, and for people with mental, pro- I, I, would they have tackled him? <laughs> you know, right. if it would have been one of the people that was invited to be on stage, would they have let them speak? Or was this only a shill for the gun lobby?
3: Several attendees on the stage, including Senator Ted Cruz, began yelling back, telling O'Rourke to sit down, that he was pathetic, and that this was no place for politics. Abbott said he blames the shooter's mental state for the killing of 21 people. And more details about the gunman emerged on Wednesday. He had trouble getting along with his mother, so he was living with grandparents. Rolando Reyes told ABC News that he didn't know his grandson had weapons or anything. If I had known, I would have reported it. After an argument that ended with the shooting and wounding of his grandmother, Ramos went to Rob Elementary School, where he opened fire on students and teachers. As of this writing, there is still no word on the grandmother's condition.
1: Alive, I'd heard uh, alive, and she was able to call the police after being shot in the face. As and they think that she'll, pull, that they think she'll, she'll pull through. Pull through. It's amazing that she was able to
3: make a phone call after right still getting shot. As for the 19 children and their teachers who died, portraits are emerging of the young lives taken. Several sets of cousins and a 10-year-old boy whose family called the life of the party, a girl who had just celebrated her 10th birthday, and a teacher who had been with the school her entire career of 23 years. Investigators are still looking into the gunman's online presence, as well as talking to friends and families to learn more about what drove him to this deadly rampage that left 21 dead. The picture that's developing through social media and interviews with friends and relatives is of a disturbed young man who had some prevalence toward violence. Law enforcement is looking closely at social media as they try to search for some kind of triggering event. Were there signs? Who gave him the money to go buy these
1: expensive guns? Right.
4: He worked, I think.
1: Ah, oh, so he saved his own money to go out and buy an AR-15 or two AR-15s. Right, he worked at a to- Wendy's right cuz he had a coworker who was saying that
3: he he was often weird sometimes right mm-hmm. and it seems as they dig into these social media posts they are finding plenty of Im- images and guns of uh, plenty of images of guns and other violent content friends have spoken about animal abuse and instances that the shooter shared with them on social media as for the guns used in the massacre The the shooter purchased two AR-15-style rifles at Oasis Outback, a federally licensed store located in Uvalde. Oasis Outback is located approximately three miles from Robb Elementary School. According to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the gun purchases were made on two separate days, May 17th and May 20th. That means the gunman bought the first AR-15-style rifle one day after he turned 18 and the second four days before the shooting. Both weapons were purchased at the same store, and they were both purchased legally. Contrary to earlier reports, the gunman was not wearing body armor during Tuesday's massacre. All right, well, that's a
1: new. I I thought they were, it was widely reported that he had on body armor.
3: Multiple law enforcement officials told ABC News that he was wearing tactical gear, including a vest that could hold ammunition. But there was no armor or fabric that would protect him from gunfire, the sources said. President Joe Biden announced that he and the First Lady will be heading to Uvalde in the wake of the mass shooting that left 21 dead. The president didn't say when exactly he would travel there, but said that he plans to meet with the families and let them know that we have a sense of that we have a sense of their pain and hopefully bring some little comfort to the community in shock and grief and in trauma. Biden, as he did on Tuesday when he addressed the nation after the shooting, noted that he's been a proponent of common-sense gun reform and called for changes when it comes to regulating guns. The Second Amendment is not absolute. When it it was passed, you know, you couldn't own a cannon. You couldn't own certain kinds of weapons. Here is uh, President Joe Biden talking about that. I guess he's talking, when it passed, I guess he's talking about the Second Amendment. Yeah, right, the Constitution. When it was written. You couldn't have... Like, even then, when it was written, in the time of militias and muskets, you weren't, like, legally allowed to just own your own... Is that a fact? ...12-millimeter cannon. I, I, well, I don't know how I bet, I th- bet, if bet. they had an ATF back then, but I, I bet
1: farmers probably couldn't I but I, brought- I bet you could get a cannon. I bet somebody, if you had enough money, if you wanted a cannon... I I think there's I mean, always was been there a military law that specifically hardware. Specifically said, "Hey, the Second Amendment stuff, not a cannon, guys. We're not going to let you have a cannon."
3: I I don't know, you're getting the semantics <laughs> of No, the, the Second Amendment never specifically said cannon. It did say "bear to right uh, uh, your your right to bear arms, but they didn't say what arms they were.
1: But they did say well-regulated militia. And the one thing do we the still have don't like our Well, it's the regulation. It's the army. The regulated. You know, it seems like none of this is regulated. If it's an 18-year-old, it's kind of known as the weird, maybe kind of scary kid that works at Wendy's and nobody has a problem with him going in and buying an AR-15 on his 18th birthday. Yeah, that's not regulated. I mean, that sounds pretty unregulated. So part of the Second Amendment is a well-regulated militia.
3: Well, he... But even to this day, like there's there's like exploding ammunition, I think, and like you, civilians can't have that kind of ammunition. Like there's regu- Top killer bullets, they're called. There's just certain regulations that they they put. You can't have a bazooka these days. You even can't if have an you're RPG. a
1: billionaire, you can't buy a nuclear warhead, or right. you're not supposed to. I wouldn't put it past certain billionaires, but you know, unless you're Blofeld, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or Elon. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that dude's.
5: Hey,
1: if you think Elon Musk has tried to buy a nuke. I wouldn't put... I mean, he might have asked asked around about it. Mm, got an extra? If you could spend 200000 on a bored ape NFT, then I'm sure some billionaires would be looked into getting their own nuclear warheads.
3: The creator of Abbott Elementary, the TV show, is giving a big no to having a school shooting episode. On Twitter, Quinta Brunson said people have asked her to write a shooting episode, and her response was very plain. Wild, how many people have asked for a school shooting episode of the show I write? People are that deeply removed from demanding more from their politician yeah. they've elected, and are instead demanding entertainment. She added, or,
1: or you're going to the creator of a sitcom, right? Is is uh, that woman the same one who's? Is she the star as well, or are those different
3: uh, people? The pe- I think she's pretty- not the star okay. No, She's just right. the writer and creator of it. Have you seen uh, Abbott Elementary? It's won a lot of awards. Oh, it is starring her. She is, yeah, she yes, is the so star she's, she's, the, she's
1: the lead character. Whoops. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're writing to me? Why don't you spend that energy writing to your congressman or your senator? Right.
3: Uh, she added, I can't ask, are y'all okay anymore? Because the answer is no. There was more, as she pointed out, I'm begging you, I don't want to sound mean, but I want people to understand the flaw in asking for something like this. We're not okay. This country is rotting our brains. I'm sad about it.
1: Right, a sitcom star is the wrong person to be asking to be bringing this up with. Can you please
3: bring attention to this issue? Students across the nation are being called on to take action today. As after a Texas school massacre, a youth activist group is trying to organize a walkout at noon Eastern Time. Students Demand Action, a subsidiary of Everytown for Gun Safety, is asking teachers, school staff, and parents to join the kids in the protest. The goal is to pressure lawmakers to respond to the school shooting in Uvalde. The group wants stricter gun laws saying students deserve to learn and live without fear. Organizers say we won't accept a country where gunfire can ring out at any moment, whether it's while grocery shopping at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, a party in San Bernardino, or graduations across the country. We deserve more. President Biden is touting his new executive order on national police reform. Speaking at the White House, Biden said the order aims to police accountability. The president said efforts to craft national police reform legislation have fallen short in Congress. And that's why he marked the second anniversary of the death of George Floyd with signing the order. He was an unnamed black man who died in police custody in Minneapolis. On that note, former President Obama is also remembering the anniversary of Floyd's death. Taking to Twitter, he said, While we are grieving the children killed in Uvalde, Texas, we should recognize the grim anniversary of Floyd's death at the knee of a police officer. He also applauded the new generation of activists who channeled their anguish over Floyd's death into an organized action and launched a movement to reform systemic racism and the police system. Obama then provided a link with a list of places to get involved with various movements. Here's Joe Biden talking about his executive order on police reform.
1: we got to take a break, so I don't know if this is a good point uh, to do that, but we'll have to come back. you got a couple more stories. Just a couple more. Just a couple more stories still ahead, and Joanna's got entertainment news, and we still have some baseball tickets for Saturday's game and all that. We've got to get in in the next hour and 15 minutes before the show wraps up, so let's take that break. We'll come back and have more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show headed your way right after this.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show
1: Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, corner of Dyer and Monroe. You can find them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. I saw a report on the BBC, uh, headline, Police accused of delay in storming uvalde school so one of the things that we found (gasps) out was that that there had been an hour the gunman went into the school it was an hour before he was killed shot and killed by a cbp agent the gunman was inside the school for up to an hour 19 children and two adults died 17 others injured Uh, A 24-year-old who witnessed the scene from outside his house said police did not enter even though uh, there were women shouting, go in there, go in there. Uh, Javier Cazares, whose daughter was killed in the attack, told the BBC he suggested running in with other onlookers. So there were like parents and community members who showed up who saw that the police were not going in and they were like, we need to run in. It's our kids in there. So, um, listen, this is still early on in the investigation. There's going to be a lot of investigation, but one of the things is being reported is that there were people in the community who wanted the police to go in and said that they, you know, are saying that they didn't do it. The gunman locked himself in a classroom, which officers struggled to gain access to. Uh, the spokesman for the Texas Department of Public Safety and the spokesman for the U.S. Border Patrol, or the chief of the Border Patrol, told CNN that dozens of officers responded to the shooting and didn't hesitate. But there are eyewitnesses saying that, yeah, it got to the point where people were saying, the cops aren't doing anything. When they're not looking, we're going to go in. Because their perception, anyway, was that none of the police were entering the school.
3: Well, you, the U.S. Border Patrol uh, chief Raúl Ortiz was on uh, Fox this morning, I think, and I had heard him saying that there are pictures of the the officer who shot the suspect. Uh, he has a bullet hole in his his hat that they were showing. Yeah,
1: they were. Ta- yeah, so they were taking fire. There was an exchange of gunfire, but uh, let's see what else it says. And then it goes into the private messages that the uh, the shooter had sent to a 15 year old girl in Germany that he had met oh, online. Right. He told some girl in Germany what he was about to do. Yeah, uh, there's some fingers being pointed here. Uh, investigation is in the very early yeah. early on at this point. All right, Nico, what else do we have in the news? The top man at the FDA says ensuring a
3: safe and ample supply of baby formula is a top priority for his agency, but his reason for the massive shortage might surprise you. Officials are blaming it all on the FDA mailroom, but more on that in a second. Testifying on Capitol Hill, Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf told a House hearing the FDA is working aggressively to alleviate
1: the national shortage of baby formula. He's describing the conditions and it led to... uh you know, a shutdown of the, of the baby formula factory.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, he blamed the recall shutdown of an Abbott nutrition plant in Michigan, calling the conditions at the plant appalling. He also accused Abbott of having no backup plan. But here's the thing. Frank Giannis, the Deputy Commissioner for Food Policy and Response, is saying that the FDA couldn't have acted sooner to address issues because a whistleblower's report got
1: lost in the FDA mailroom. So somebody had reported these conditions and then uh, the email, I'm sure, just got
3: lost. Right. Why didn't we act more quickly on the complaints and the whistleblower report? Who knew what, what when? Hard copies addressed to these individuals were not forwarded from the FDA mailrooms, likely due to COVID-19-related mail routing issues.
1: Hey, hit me with the last story. we got to jump ahead to the end here. Sure. Uh, Between
3: rising home prices and soaring inflation, many adults are moving back in with their parents. A study by financial services company Thrivent shows 40% of parents reported they have an adult child living with them. The good news is 25% said an adult child lived with them just temporarily and have since (laughs) moved out. Of the parents surveyed... 12
1: years. That's temporary, right?
3: (laughs) Of the parents surveyed, most said the reasons were because home prices and rent were unaffordable. The study also found this is having a negative impact on some parents' financial goals. 35% said having a kid return home affected their ability to save for long-term goals, while over a quarter of parents said it's affected their short-term goals of paying off debt. Define
1: uh, adult. Are we talking like early 20s, late 20s, 30s, 40s? I'll say
3: 21 and over. Okay, (laughs) Thrivent says that the parents want to help their kids. They should focus on how moving them back will also affect their goals and set boundaries. That also means family members should sit down together and talk money.
0: Mm. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show
1: podcast. All right, we've got uh, this hour left in today's show. Joanna has entertainment news, so we want to get to that. Here's a preview. Loudwire Nights tonight is going to be very, very, it's going to sound unusual. It's a Sinatra song. And having heard it, I think you might (laughs) swear that it's actually Frank. But it's not. It's a cover. Hmm. All right. It's Mark Tremonti, formerly a Creed. And I guess he does a great Sinatra. And he's putting out uh, an album of Sinatra covers. The guitarist from Creed. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I'll just. just bide my time until Scott Stapp puts out his own <laughs> album of Sinatra covers. Nice. changes <laughs> in the night, <neck. laughs> Exchanging glances. I am Scott Stapp. I'm Scott Stapp. Stapp, 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 Stapp. Creed, 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 creed. On point
3: impression, buddy.
1: Oh, Joanna sent me a bunch of comments from the app chat. I have not been granted access to my own app chat. So uh, Padilla says, tell Buzz that they do background checks. You can't buy a handgun until you're 21 and he still had one. An AR-15 uses two twenty three caliber bullets. It's far from powerful. Yeah, I don't know about that, dude. I, You know, I wouldn't want to be the the emergency responder that has to examine the bodies of people who have been shot by an AR-15, but I've heard them describe it, and they say that it is. Uh, it's only slightly bigger than 22 that kids used to get gifted. Mexico has very strict gun laws, and the cartels have no trouble getting guns. All of this is coming from Padilla. Does Mexico have very strict gun laws? I thought you had a factoid that other than the United States of Guatemala, Mexico is the only country that has an equivalent of the Second Amendment. In like con- constitu- it's in their constitution. It's in their constitution to bear arms. Yep. So. But you know what they don't have in Mexico? School shootings or you know, mass shootings in schools mm-hmm. from Dirty Dan. He writes, I'll try listening again another time. Y'all are annoying me with this anti-gun rhetoric. Let's remember the real victims here, and that's gun enthusiasts who have, might have to wait an additional 30 minutes before they right. get their AR-15 and their 400 rounds of ammunition. They're the ones really affected by all this. Yeah, I mean, the people that this. are really affected by this are yeah. people who might be mildly inconvenienced if anything actually gets done on uh, gun law. From Adri, you know that scene in the movie Free Guy where they rob a bank and everybody gets down and acts like it's the norm? Yeah, those are our kids at school. So what I'm reading
3: is that, uh, you brought this up yesterday, Buzz, an AR-15 rifle, the muzzle velocity is just way faster. They just shoot the bullets. The bullets come out Three times faster than the uh, they're most, usually supersonic or faster than the speed of sound. When while handguns are usually a heavier bullet and it goes slower, they, less they, than the speed of sound,
1: they do much more damage. I mean, yeah, to so, compare an AR 15 to uh, a 22, I think is what Padilla said, is to I think you willfully got to be massaging the facts to, to make a statement like that.
3: They're saying also because uh, AR 15 cartridge like the 223. Travels at about 3,000 feet per second. It causes a big cavitation effect where the shock wave basically rips through the the body.
1: Yeah, it's a thing meant to kill somebody. And I say somebody because I I don't really think you go hunt for squirrels or rabbits with an AR-15. You know, and I hear people say, "I, I like target shooting and it's my constitutional right. How about my idea? You know, one of the things that all these school shootings have in common there are, there are a few things they have in common. It's it's a guy, it's a guy, and it's a young guy, it's right? A guy. Almost all uh-huh. of them, yeah. With a with and I, I can even narrow it down. It's almost always the AR fifteen. Uh-huh. But let's focus on the age and the profile of the person who does it. It's usually a male who's seventeen, eighteen, Fairly nineteen, young. usually yeah. bullied. I won't even go that far, you know? Just the things that we do know, it's usually a younger male, and he usually uses an AR-15. How about this? As an experiment for three years, and then we're going to reevaluate after three years, make it that you can't buy this type of gun until you're 25. The exception being, you know, if you work in law enforcement or active military... You know, because it would be pretty unfair to tell somebody whose job is to carry a gun around, oh, you're not allowed to have a gun. But other than that, 25, after three years, has it had any impact whatsoever? A lot of people would say, yeah, it's going to have a huge impact. A lot of people are going to say, no, it's not going to do anything. Let's do that. And so most of uh, the real gun enthusiasts out there, if you're over 25, it's not going to affect you. But if you're 25 and older, 25 and younger, and then at the end of the trial period, we see, did it have any effect at all? And if it did, maybe we keep it in place. Uh, This is from Manny. Beto changed his stance on guns back in February of this year. So it is no longer, hell yes, I'm going to take your AR-15. So it was a political stunt. Uh, from Eddie, I'm a 28 year old dad. I can say Beto lost my vote from a while back. I'm a second amendment supporter and I can say I disagree with what they said about guns. One of my arguments is why don't people ban cars when people use them to kill a bunch of people?
3: You have to get a license to drive a car. You have to
1: buy insurance to drive a car. Also, cars serve other uses. Cars serve other functions. I mean, an AR-15, in practical effect, has one function, and that's to kill people. You know, you don't go in a car and say, all right, tell me the details. How many could I wipe out with this vehicle as opposed? But because of the potential to hurt other people around you in a car. Why don't they outlaw knives when people get stabbed? The majority of people that are against guns have never held one or are never educated on them. I don't think, and first of all, it's not a for-guns-or-against-guns
3: argument. Buzz, you are one of the biggest gun owners I know. I mean... Oh, I'm far from a big gun owner. Well, you have more guns than, you're the only guy I know that has more guns than...
4: I think you're the only guy on the show who has a gun.
3: Yeah. Oh. And not just one. You have more than one. Yeah, there are people that are way more into guns than I you bought a pillowcase that was also a gun safe that you could yeah, put you your did. gun in the pillow. I
1: forgot. That's that awesome.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that that's true. But safe gives the wrong idea. It, wasn't uh, it like was it was, a, it was a zipper. <laughs> it, <wasn't laughs> it was a zipper. It wasn't a safe. But
3: what I mean is it, you can still be for common sense gun control,
1: uh, right? I think this but is but not a, be this anti-gun. Is, this is a tactic. You make it an all or nothing you make it a one thing or the other. Uh, if you don't want any kind of legislation on guns passed at all, you make the argument, oh, you want to get rid well, of all like the guns. guns. Yeah. You want to go house to house. You want to confiscate all the guns that, no. I've, that I've owned for 30 years and never broken the law. Like I say, most of the things that get accomplished in this country don't get accomplished on the far right. They don't get accomplished on the far left. They get accomplished somewhere in the middle. And if you're not willing to compromise... What you're, what you're doing is basically signing off on nothing getting accomplished. So there's going to have to be some kind of compromise. So you're going to have to say, yeah, it is kind of weird that, uh, you know, this kid could walk in on his 18th birthday, buy an AR-15, then go back and buy over 300 rounds of ammunition. Nobody even flinches. Can you read uh, Marty's comment? Matty says, that, that guy is an idiot about his reasons to not raise the age of buying guns. I've had a driving job since I was 16 and got a CDL at 21 and still couldn't rent a car until I turned 25. I have had 10 years of driving experience before with six of those as a professional driver. He just wanted to point out that he has gun experience to talk about himself. Raising the age limit seems like a good idea. Well, the reason I picked out 25... As an example, is up until recently most car rental uh, places had a policy that you couldn't buy, uh, you couldn't rent a car before you were twenty-five
3: because they would say, "Oh, you're a risk. Well, You're a risk. We don't <laughs>
1: trust you. You're not old enough." Uh, let's talk to Vince real quick. Uh, who called? Who's on the live line? That number is nine one zero four nine nine five. Hi, Vince. Hey, what's going on? What's happening, Vince? Morning.
10: Hey, so, um, I fully agree, Buzz, in regards to, you know, not a majority, if not all, as far as school shootings are, is like your 17, old, like young kids that are doing this, right?
1: Young adults. Yeah. Or, or they could be, uh, you know, students themselves. We've seen that happen.
10: And Nico pointed out, "What about bullying?" Which you kind of sidestepped, but that's kind of like the, one of the like prime factors. Almost every time is these are bullied, mm-hmm. traumatized kids. When do we get serious about addressing that? I have kids in school that they've been bullied, and nine times out of ten, it's 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 treated like a hand slap or some kind of stupid rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like the, like, the kids are sent home for the day or whatever, or God forbid the kid actually sticks up for themselves, then they're vilified and and almost treated worse than what the bullying happened,
5: mm-hmm.
10: which has happened to one of my kids where she stood up for herself, and then she got in major trouble. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, when do we get serious about that part? Because if we could... I'm not saying bullying can go away completely. That's a little unrealistic. But when do, like, the consequences of that start being taken more seriously within schools and from parents? You know, I start making-
1: I, I I think that uh, some, so yeah, bullying, as you think of in the classic sense, getting shoved in a locker, getting beat up or getting, you know, punched or whatever. But I think a lot of these kids or young people that are described as loners, there's also social isolation, just not talking to somebody or not including them or snickering behind their back. I mean, there's so many different forms of bullying. It's not just the oh, this is a bully and he's going to beat you up between classes or whatever. I, you know. Well, we talked about this yesterday. And Vince, I, I, I agree with you. I think... Uh, you don't see the cool, popular kids for the most part doing these shootings. It's always kind of an oddball or kind of an outcast. And well, the, you the, don't have to be bullied to be an outcast. I think... It definitely
3: comes along with it. I think being an outcast... If they
10: feel feel comfortable to, like, even address to the teacher that, yes, I'm being bullied and it's going to be handled, nine times out of ten, they're going to say no. I didn't when I was growing up. Right. I didn't... do.
1: I think I... Yeah, I think when I was in school... You might have gotten from a teacher, or a vice principal. You need to stand up for yourself. But then if you do stand up for yourself, all of a sudden, oh, you were fighting on campus. You're you're, you're the one in trouble now. I get where you're coming from. Yesterday, um, we were talking about arming teachers
3: and the cost that it would take to arm teachers or even just have security guards uh, posted at every school. I think they should invest in having counselors and psychiatrists on every school at least a psychiatrist or counselor so that they can they can identify the no they have schools counsel, have counselors. they have school counselors but i i mean like an intensive mental health counsel uh platoon of 5 counselors per per school or more to really uh, that's the only way you're going to be able to look for all these red flags for all these kids
1: who are are uh, at risk for doing these things all right i think the mental health angle is Definitely legitimate, but Vince, how about my idea that you make the age that you can purchase one of these weapons, you know, one of these expensive AR-15s that are going to cost you 700 to $2,000 and, you know, can carry 40, 50 rounds of ammunition, just move that, move that age that you can acquire those up.
10: I mean, it seems like a constructive idea. It also kind of feels like a double-edged sword because, yeah, you're going to have, well... Now I have to join the military if I want to be an early gun owner,
1: which... If somebody's that committed to guns, I'd like to have them in the military where they get some training and some discipline. <laughs> you know, if that's somebody's like, I yeah. will make this life-altering decision to join the military if they want to do it that much... Oh, you were born for it, then? Yeah, then more yeah. power to you, soldier. All right. Thanks, Vince.
10: It sounds like a constructive way, uh, right? We ought to be—we ought to
1: at least be able to talk about it without saying, "I'm going to contact your sponsors and cancel your show," or "I'm never li-, you know, "I'm I'm not going to talk to you," or "I'm going to shut you down." We ought to be able to at least discuss some of that stuff without having to be worried about being canceled from the other side. And it, by the way, the other side—we need to stop thinking about that because I, I don't think there's any side that says. We shouldn't do anything about this problem that is uniquely American. But I agree, Vince.
3: We got to take care of bullying for sure.
1: All right. Thank you, Vince. I, I appreciate your call. Have a, good one. Mm-hmm.
3: Have a good one. You probably don't relate to the bullying aspect of this too much because you were a bully. Mm-mm, no. No. I Buzz, was, you were a bully? No, I don't think so. Were
4: you bullied? Yeah, I mean. But I mean, bullying in like, no, the I meant 60s to, was weird. No, so. I meant to
3: me this
1: year, oh. <laughs> in general. <laughs> if I point out that you your hair is nearing extinction, that's a statement of fact. Just I don't know that, that I'm
3: harboring some grievance and resentment towards
1: you. Great.
4: <laughs> I'm the one cut in the middle. <laughs> well,
1: I'm sorry. I will do my best to avoid this Stop blinding bullying. shine that is coming <laughs> off of your forehead because of these fluorescent lights. <laughs> I think your 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 bald <laughs> spot is doing like eye surgery. It's hot in here. That's my sweat. That's not the balding. Uh, let's talk to, I believe it's James. Do I have that right? Yes. Hi, James hi good morning hey what's going on
10: well i was uh talking to my wife last night and i was telling her that since uh, she worked for the schools and stuff. that she should invest in getting uh that bear pepper spray like i saw in jackass where they sprayed those guys and i mean they couldn't they were so disoriented they you know that would give up my wife a couple of seconds to take off or you know, take off running or something.
3: You mean like a powerful, non-lethal
1: uh, thing? Yes. Like bear spray. Yeah, grizzly, pepper spray yeah. for Believe grizzly it or not, bears. I've, I've been sprayed in the eye with bear spray before. That
10: thing burns.
1: It will make it impossible for you to accurately shoot, but I would point out the only thing is that an AR-15 has considerable more range than bear spray does, or any form of pepper
10: spray. No, no, but... It- I'm thinking more like a deterrent, you know, just so. I mean, because by the time you, I know he's going to start shooting everywhere, but
1: like if anybody could just run up, somehow get through the hail of gunfire, and spray the shooter with bear spray, at least it's something.
10: That that bear spray shoots up to 25 feet. That's what I was telling her. So, I,
3: don't, I mean. Maybe, maybe having taser guns and bear spray on I school mean, campuses. We're getting
1: some reports here that there were cops outside, and they didn't go into the school for an hour because they were afraid of the bullets, and they had guns and armor. So it's you're telling the teacher, "Hey, we're going to give you bear spray, and you just keep it handy. Don't ever forget it. Leave it in your car, or you know, in the other room, or leave it at home. Break glass in case. Right, and then you know, while the while the cops you know, are waiting outside because of the unrelenting hail of gunfire, you as the teacher, try and get him with the bear spray. Any suggestion? Listen, I'm not, I I don't, uh, I don't think we should rule out any kind of suggestion. I think there are probably multiple prongs we could go at this, but really nothing happens. We just spin our wheels and we argue about it and people say what they think. Like I
10: say, I'm still going to let her still keep that, that pepper spray, you know, because, I know it, it to me, I, I really, I'm really, i thinking it's a deterrent.
1: It's, well, I don't think, I don't know about a deterrent, but it might, I mean, it's better than nothing. I it's better than it's nothing. It's better than nothing. All right.
10: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah but I said it the wrong way. It's not a deterrent. It's like, uh, what do you say? That, um, you know, it gives you enough time to, to take off running or maybe throw a chair at him or something while he's kind of, you know, you know. With his eyes you know crying and
3: stuff right it's a stopgap measure it could help give her some time all right okay James yeah, exactly. yeah. appreciate the call what is
10: they call
1: it an equalizer an equalizer boy that yeah, that is, is not equaling out I'm looking at the equation you said an equalizer no an equalizer the only equalizer I need is Queen Latifa <laughs> <laughs> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, Joanna, I know we're running late, but be on your toes because I'm going to throw it to you for entertainment news.
0: Okay.
1: Really, really. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have a final pair of tickets to give away for the Chihuahua Saturday night game against Sugar Land. And we're also going to, from everybody who wants in, we're going to draw for a two-night staycation (laughs) at Hotel Indigo. So far, all the baseball ticket winners are like, sure, I'll, I want to yep. stay downtown. They for want two it. Nights. Well, you said the la- the guy yesterday didn't uh, sound like he was, yeah. he didn't sound re- as convincing as some of the other callers. I
4: don't want to call him out, but yeah, he was just like, sure.
1: Right. Uh, we will have that done before nine o'clock this morning. Nico had a story about a court case that you might remember, it had to do with. A woman who wrote a book about a, called How to Murder Your Husband, who was on trial for murdering your husband. Do you uh-huh. remember that one, Joanna?
4: I do, yeah.
1: Nico, uh, we have right. an update on that story. Romance novelist Nancy
3: Crampton Brophy was found guilty Wednesday morning of shooting her husband, Dan Brophy, in 2018. She's the novelist who once wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband. Oh, it was an essay. Yep. But she's also a novelist who has several other books. And uh, during the seven-week trial in Portland, uh, prosecutors argued she killed Brophy in order to cash in on a life insurance policy. They successfully claimed the 71-year-old novelist shot him twice using a ghost gun kit she bought online. Wow.
1: Isn't that crazy? If only he'd had bear spray. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I'm going to murder my husband. How should I do it? Let me look back on some of my notes from How to Murder this Your essay.
1: Husband. Fortunately, I can bring up an essay that I wrote.
4: <laughs> did she write the essay before she murdered the husband? Yeah. 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 Interesting.
1: Right? I wonder if she actually stayed pretty close to what she'd written in her essay. Uh, no, she
3: she did not. In the, in the essay, it talks about poisoning. I remember I read I read the... Did you read the essay? Yeah, it talks about poisoning and how to have your, your story straight from when the police come... Um, Yeah, very, very strange.
1: Time to get to our entertainment headlines with the very patient (laughs) Joanna Barba. The very thorough Joanna Barba, so... What do we have in entertainment today, John? Sure.
4: Lifetime's movie, The Bad Seed Returns, was scheduled for premiere this Monday, but it has been delayed in the wake of the elementary school shooting in Uvalde. The film's co-writer, executive producer, and star, McKenna Grace, who reprises her role as Emma, revealed the news on social media, writing, quote, in the wake of the recent tragedy in my home state of Texas, we have decided to delay the release of the Bad Seed Returns, Lifetime and everyone involved are in agreement. Lifetime confirmed the movie will air at a date to be determined later this year. Boz Lerman's Elvis strutted its way up the Cannes Film Festival red carpet yesterday for the film's world premiere, which was greeted by explosive applause inside the theater. The crowd got to its feet during the end credits on the Warner Brothers title, clapping in rhythm before the lights came on and remained standing for a 10 minute ovation. A 2022 record so far at the festival. Ooh. Who is out there just timing these standing uh, ovations. Yes.
3: Fi- are we going to hit 10? Uh,
4: uh 10? Will we hit 8? Come on.
1: Also, if you were at a movie that wasn't at Cannes and you were there 10 minutes after the movie ended still standing <laughs> and applauding, I think they might call the cops. I want to sit down but they I, might don't, call the cops. I don't want to be the first one to stop.
4: <laughs> well, I guess because everybody gets up on stage. Oh,
1: and, director, and they just applaud. Oh, because all just the just people are there yes. and they can,
4: and they can continue bask in plot. your adulation. Yes.
1: Do you know this uh but what's his name, Austin Butler Austin Butler. He was in once upon a time in Hollywood, he one was. of my favorite movies. He <laughs> played right. Tex Watson. Oh, he's the one that played Tex? Oh he's yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's really good. You know, had a lot of screen time with Brad Pitt there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, That guy's got some star quality. The guy playing Tex mm-hmm. Watson, he's gonna be a star.
4: Well, Speaking of Austin Butler, he says that playing Elvis Presley took a toll on him. The 30-year-old actor told British GQ that when he completed filming the movie back in March of 2021, he became hospitalized and bedridden for a week. According to the magazine, Butler was diagnosed with a virus that simulates appendicitis. Butler also explained the emotional reason that he was able to connect to Presley on a deeper level, saying, quote, His mother passed away when he was 23. And my mom passed away when she was when I was twenty three. So when I learned that, it was one of the things where I got chills and I just thought, okay, I could connect to that later later adding, I've never loved somebody I've never met more than Elvis. Elvis's granddaughter actress Riley Keogh praised Butler's performance in the film and called it a very emotional experience. The singer's ex-wife Priscilla Presley gave the film her seal of approval as well. Elvis, Would that be
1: weird if Riley Keough, Elvis's granddaughter, and, and Austin, Austin Butler, Butler started,
4: like, dating? started
3: dating?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, he's dating well, Kaya Gerber.
4: Oh, that's why she was there that's too That's Cindy then.
1: Crawford's daughter, mm-hmm. right?
3: Looks just like her. Looks just like Cindy yeah, Crawford. she
4: does. That, I was wondering why she was up there on the stage with him. Oh, and kissing him? No, not kissing, but she was just—it was like Kaya Gerber was there. I—I didn't know that was who he was dating. Well, Elvis hits theaters in on June twenty fourth, and finally in January. Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain, and not surprisingly, he is now entering the domain of low-budget horror films. There's a movie on the way called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and some creepy Mm. images hit the web yesterday. It was written and directed by a guy you've probably never heard of, and it stars a bunch of people you've never heard of either, but there's no information on the plot except that it's, quote, a horror retelling of the famous legend, of Winnie the Pooh,
1: Buzz, no you have word. to see these screenshots from. You this. have
4: to see the the images. There's no word on when it's coming out either.
1: That's a guy in a plastic mask. That's that a scary look, the mask. that looks like Winnie the Pooh.
4: Like a deformed,
3: like a deformed, deformed one. Yeah, that, like he looks like the Joker is Winnie the Pooh. Is that piglet?
1: <laughs> Boar
4: piglet be like smaller because it's a piglet.
1: I mean, it looks piglet, like yeah. it. It looks like they're wearing. Mass that you would get from Spirit Halloween store.
4: Spirit Halloween store in nineteen eighty. Yeah,
1: right. Bad. bad. I would like to see a horror movie, but I'd maybe like to see Tim Burton's take on it, or Ari Aster, or somebody like Ari that. Like somebody who's really going to put a or Cronenberg. Somebody who's really going to put a spin on it. Damn, this just looks that cheap.
4: Has huge boobs. Look, at they're just in her face. Man,
0: right.
1: <laughs> nobody, nobody in it is recognizable.
4: No, no least, I, I don't recognize a, anyone
1: described as a really low budget
4: yeah. Well, with your entertainment news, I'm joining Oh, Graba.
1: brother Not brother Oh, brother
4: Oh, brother bother. No, he says,
3: oh, bother. Think, think, think
4: You know what's kind of scary? Like I want to see what Tigger looks like
1: Oh, Tigger's got to just be a madman Right? I want to see what Rue looks like
4: Who's going to play Christopher Robin?
1: Who's gonna play Rabbit? Uh, all messed up people,
3: apparently. Eeyore. Hmm. Oh, Eeyore.
4: Have you heard like that? That theory that Winnie the Pooh is all like mental problems, like Eeyore is depression,
1: and Winnie the Pooh is like brain damage. <laughs> 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 and, and I want I, honey. I think, <laughs> let me think about it. Yeah, I, no, you know.
4: I think Winnie I vaguely the heard. Like, I can't remember what he's supposed to be, but like, rabbit is OCD. OCD,
1: right. Winnie what would piglet be?
4: The poo mental. Tiggers don't jump,
1: they bounce. Schizophrenic. <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, definitely. Or manic. Man- yeah, manic.
4: Oh, ADHD would be poo?
1: Yeah. Oh, bother. Let's play poo sticks. <laughs> How about Mama Rue? She seemed pretty well adjusted, didn't she?
4: Yeah, she did.
1: What does it say that her mental condition would represent?
4: This is a long ass thing. Why did I I find this? I
1: I think Christopher Robin's the one with schizophrenia.
4: Yeah, I think Christopher Robin would be that.
1: Well, they're making a low budget Winnie the Pooh horror movie just because the Winnie the Pooh character became part of public domain. So get ready.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show
1: podcast. I want to move on. And make sure we give away these tickets. These are our tickets for the Chihuahuas game Saturday against Sugar Land. And, Joanne, I'm going to leave it up to you for the drawing of everybody who won baseball tickets. You're going to draw a lucky winner who gets a two-night staycation at Hotel Indigo. That is downtown within walking distance of the ballpark, so Mm -hmm. enjoy a couple nights at Hotel Indigo. But... Let's go ahead and get the uh, winner for our final pair of tickets, caller number 10. I'll give you the number, 915-910-4995. That is 915-910-4995. And caller 10 will sit you up with the tickets, and then sometime here in the next 10 minutes, Joanna's going to randomly draw a winner. If you win and you don't have anybody
3: to take with you, I'm not doing anything this weekend.
1: <laughs> you, you, I don't, wow. What? It's a, it's a two night hotel stay. Yeah. We can sleep head to toe. <laughs> head to toe. Yeah. If if Not you're
4: butt to butt.
1: If you're at that mm-hmm. point, I don't want you to win the tickets. <laughs> 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 if that would be under consideration. So jo- Joanna, go ahead and get caller 10. Yes. And then let me know when you're when you're done with that, okay?
5: Okay.
1: Uh you want to hear some audio from yesterday and the Johnny Depp trial. Oh, I mean I mean that please. thing has really it, you know, because of the tragic events in Texas, that has really been pushed back. I on the list of priorities. I need but something
3: to, to clean the palate yeah. a little.
1: Yeah, a good Amber Heard story. All right, Kate Moss was testifying via Zoom. Uh, the reason she was testifying was earlier in the uh, Johnny Depp tri- uh, defamation trial against Amber Heard. Amber Heard said that she was afraid Johnny would push her sister down a staircase because she had heard rumors that he had done that to his ex-girlfriend, Kate Moss. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, Kate Moss zoomed in to testify that it didn't happen. And according to the audio, quite the opposite, in fact. All right, so that was uh, testimony from ex-girlfriend uh, Kate Moss, who said that now those, those rumors got around, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Johnny Depp ended up on the witness stand again yesterday and was asked what it was like listening to his ex-wife Amber Heard's testimony. Do you think there's anything going on here that some of the people that are supporting Johnny Depp, and it seems like Johnny Depp definitely, if this trial was all about like public opinion, it seems like he's got a lot of backing. Yes. Do you think any of it has to do with, hey, you know, people get accused of things, and— they're just expected to crawl away and disappear forever. And it's nice to see somebody standing up and saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand up and defend my good name. And uh, that's, that's refreshing in some way. Yeah.
3: I think it's refreshing because he knows he's not an idol. Like we shouldn't be looking up to him or a role model. Right.
1: Because a lot of stuff is coming out. It's like, Hey man, Johnny Depp's life is kind of chaotic and a mess and stuff, but I think some of the admiration is a lot of people, even if you can't articulate it, and maybe I'm having trouble articulating, you see people who have these accusations, and you're expected just to disappear, and you're done. Right. And Johnny Depp saying, nope, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get up there, and even if it embarrasses me, and even if it costs me in the end, I'm going to do it anyway. And I guess there's maybe some kind of admiration. I guess you would also have to assume that Johnny Depp is being truthful and that he never abused Amber Heard.
3: Well, and also in the previous trial, that's, the trials that we've had in, in the libel case in, in Britain uh, or the slander case, I, it didn't come out as much. Like we didn't hear Johnny's side of the of the story. So now getting to hear his side of it I and mean, kind of, yeah, I think there's a little bit of sympathy for him.
1: This is kind of interesting. During the trial, Amber testified that Johnny took 8 to 10 mollies, or MDMAs. Uh, what is, that's like ecstasy. Is that interchangeable?
3: No, not necessarily.
1: Well okay. 8 to 10
3: MD, MDMA. MDMA is uh, a component in, in a lot of ecstasy. Ecstasy is like a gen, generic term
1: for oh, okay. of things. Well, here's Johnny Depp uh, testifying that that's not true. Hundred, six, seven hundred thousand times. I think maybe one of the unintended consequences of this is a lot more people are going to want to party with Johnny Depp in the
5: future. (laughs)
1: Uh, They are still going ahead with the NRA conference in Houston, which begins tomorrow. And according to the mayor of Houston, uh, Mayor Turner says that we simply, this is a quote, we simply cannot cancel a conference because we do not agree with the subject matter. The NRA's annual meeting uh, takes place this weekend. Uh, Many big names are expected to speak at the event, including Senator Ted Cruz, Governor Greg Abbott, and former President Donald Trump. John Cornyn, the other senator from Texas, pulled out of the event, but he had done that before the Uvalde shooting due to a change in his schedule. The only person that was scheduled to appear at the NRA conference that pulled out because of you know, sensitivity over the Uvalde shooting is singer-songwriter Don McClain, who was going to play, and it looks like he's not going to play now. But, yeah, I mean, the NRA, they can't cancel their convent- convention, uh, even though a lot of people are urging them to do so. I mean, that would be, in a way, kind of admitting oh, we have something to be or feel guilty about. Right. You know what I mean? Back in, I forget what year it is, but over 20 years when the Columbine shooting happened, you remember just a few days after Columbine, the NRA convention was scheduled in Denver. So really the same the same town. I think Columbine's technically in Littleton, but it's the same. Mm-hmm. And they expected the NRA to cancel then after Columbine had happened. Right. That was the one where Charlton Heston who at the time was the president, mm-hmm. got up and made the speech where he holds a gun, gun and says, from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> so, yeah, the NRA, they're not going to cancel for nothing. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, though, on social media, uh, told said Greg Abbott, if you have any... And let me see what he says. Governor Abbott, if you have any decency, you will immediately withdraw from this weekend's NRA convention and urge them to hold it anywhere but Texas. Well, that's not going to happen. And here is a statement from the NRA, uh, from KHOU News 11 in Houston. Statement from the NRA following Uvalde school shooting and days before the organization's convention in Houston. Our deepest sympathies are with the families and victims involved in this horrific and evil crime. But they're still going to go on and have the convention. Uh, Joanna, you want to you want to announce the winner of the VIP weekend staycation at Hotel Indigo?
4: Yes, totally at random. Yep. Your winner for the Indigo stay is Raymond Porras. Yeah. Ah, coincidentally was today's winner for the Chihuahua
1: tickets. Wait, the guy who won the tickets today also won yes. the drawing?
4: he did. Oh,
1: You didn't just draw off the top, did you? Like you mixed them up or I whatever? I mixed them up. All right.
4: Totally I know. random. I know,
1: you're totally professional. <laughs> totally profesh. Uh, we're going to be out tonight, Cool Canyon Nights, at 6 o'clock. Our co-worker, Woo! our fellow DJ Ray, Ray. Adiola, is going to be on the patio Taring stage. So we're going to introduce him. And then at Joanna's summer, dressing up like she's from the 80s, too. 70, uh, she is from the <laughs> You are from the 80s. Yeah, aren't technically she is. Technically. At 7 o'clock, Prime 80s is going to be on the amphitheater stage. We're also going to introduce them. So come out. It's a very rare appearance where everybody on the morning show is all going to be at the same place. That's a Cool Canyon Nights tonight. And we hope to see you out there. Have a great Thursday. The pre-kind is only a couple hours <laughs> away. Let's get ready for the pre-kind. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. We'll talk to you then. So long.